You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Half hour! Welcome to Half Hour with Jeff and Richie, now on the Broadway Podcast Network. I'm Jeff. And I'm Richie. Welcome to a very special episode of Pal Joey at City Center Encores. We're talking about not necessarily a Broadway show today, but we're talking about a show that could come to Broadway, but it was in the Midtown Manhattan area. This is the Pal Joey Gala presentation 2023 at New York City Center. And we have a very special guest today joining us. This is Mr. Tariq Flanagan. Tariq is an avid theater goer. He's a television producer. He's visited the City Center many times and seen many shows there, which we're going to ask him a little bit about too at some point and he joined me at pal joey at city center this week so welcome to reach the half hour podcast thank you so much thank you for uh, for having me it's good to be back good to see you guys i'm happy uh to be asked back and i'm excited to have this conversation yeah, Tariq was on our episode of when we went to see the Broadway production of For Colored Girls a couple years now. I think it's almost been two years that we did that one. So you can hear really? Tariq's thoughts on that show. Yeah, when we talked about, I think maybe a year and a half. I don't know. It was a while back. Um, Time and, flies. And yes, and so just so you all know, Jeff is going to moderate this and ask us some questions. Jeff was not in attendance and has never been to City Center, which maybe a lot of our listeners have never been. And this was my first time. So... Jeff's got some questions for me and Tariq, our experience with Pal Joey and City Center as a whole. So, Jeff, take it away. Yes, here we go. I did not go to this show. <laughs> I get to say it. <laughs> All right. Let's start with a simple question first. But what initially attracted you both to Pal Joey and what made you attend this performance? Um, yeah, we go Richie, first. you go first. Uh, uh, <laughs> Um, uh, sure. I I love Golden Age musical theater and theater. I love the old shows. And most times I get really excited when they're revived because usually I'm getting a take that is fresh and somewhat reinventive, but also stays true to the original source text in what was appropriate because a lot of things were not appropriate 100 years ago. So I was really excited to see this because I've never seen a production of it. It's been revived on Broadway many times. There's a lot of famous songs from it. And I had never been to City Center. So I was like, cool, we'll go in. We'll see City Center. We'll see a Pal Joey revival. That was kind of my reasoning for going. Tariq, I don't know if yours was the same or different. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I think partly the same as the fact that I have never seen a Pal Joey production before. So uh, when that popped up on their schedule, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm into it. And uh, so that was that was kind of the first thing. And then originally it was going to have Jennifer Holiday in it, which I was excited about. And that was kind of one of the draws for me. Then it was switched to Loretta Devine, who I also was extremely excited about. So for me, it was being able to see Pal Joey finally and to be able to see Loretta Devine in the show and on stage, who I'd never seen on stage before. So those are really the two things for me. I knew some of the songs. Um, so I was just kind of excited to see how it was all put together and what the show was exactly. Now, Tariq, what were your overall pro- thoughts on this production of Pal Joey? I uh, I had a lot of thoughts, <laughs> and I've been thinking about it actually the last couple of days. And uh, you mentioned, uh, and we can kind of get into a little bit more, but you've mentioned the fact that I've been to City Center a number of times, and from a production perspective. I will say, mm-hmm. unfortunately, that this probably ranks at the bottom of the list of shows that I've seen at City Center. 
Um, mm. Which hurts me to say, because I, like I said, I went in excited. Um, but of all the shows that I've seen, this one just... I, I think this was one of the first. There was one other show that I that I kind of had this similar feeling for, but I just kind of walked out like, okay, like I'm not upset that I saw it, but I wished for more. I wished it was a little bit more polished. I wished that you know things were edited in a, mm-hmm. in a more streamlined way. I, I had some things that I wish I could have uh, or wished would have been tweaked before we saw it. And it's funny, uh, Richie. I don't know you. I think you remember when when we were looking at dates to see the show. I almost did not want to see this production, this this performance, because this was their first, mm-hmm. this was their gala night. This was kind of their first night. They had a, an invited dress the day before, but this was kind of their first real show. And I kind of almost jokingly said, uh, I kind of want to wait a couple of days into the run so they can tweak anything that needs to be tweaked. And I wish I would have waited a couple of days because there were several things that needed to be tweaked. Um, hopefully they were tweaked. Okay. They are continuing to be tweaked. But that night that we saw it, I have a list of things that just didn't quite go as planned, you know. <laughs> okay, so since it is the gala, like, performance, where how many shows do they do for this? Five? Or seven, six? I think. Six seven. or seven. Do you think that they actually will get it tweaked, or are they just going to run this through? No, I don't I know think much so, about the, it. So. Yeah, the things that I noticed, like, for, you know, the way the story is being told and the production, mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to change. But as far as the the technical issues and this, the little mishaps that were happening, I think those mm. things can and hopefully will be addressed before the end of the run. There was definitely technical issues that were um, projection issues, sound issues, light cue calling issues that were like, okay, yeah, they just started tech. Like, I understand the, the what City Center does in the way of like, yeah, we put this show up in a couple weeks, it runs for one weekend. Kind of similar to, and I don't mean to compare it to like a high school production or a college production, but that's how those shows get put up, right? You have a week of tech, you have one weekend of performances, and then you close the show. So I understand a little bit from that, but my thoughts are, if I just backpedal a little bit, it's really hard for me to believe that this new design team came in in 2016. We've been hearing about a Pal Joey revival in New York since 2016. This reinvented, reinvigorated, let's freshen this up. To see something that's gone years in writing through COVID times where they were rewriting and editing and changing. I, I hate to say this, but like this is actually kind of not Pal Joey. Like it's, it's so different from... The source material, which is fine because I really actually like some of the elements they brought in. There was this, there was a new layer of, of, of racial issues, gender issues. There was all sorts of changes, but the songs were so changed and reorchestrated. And the Rogers and Hart score was like, let's go into the Rogers and Hart catalog and pull in. I was talking to someone else who saw it and they were like, you know, like half those songs aren't even in Pal Joey. They just like took the canon of Richard Rogers music. And I was like, okay, but now we're like, now we're skewing away from Pal Joey. So mm-hmm. like, why didn't we just rewrite a new show like this? Like, like I'm not saying we needed to keep it exactly like we've all seen Pal Joey for 80 years, but I, I don't know. Some things were not landing. And so then, then we'd get to a song and I'd be like, whoa, that's awesome. And then I'd get to another song and I'd be like, what am I watching? Like, <laughs> do you kind of agree, Tariq, in a way? Oh, no, absolutely. And it's funny, for me, as someone who doesn't, know the show really well i didn't know what songs were pal joey songs and which ones weren't so it wasn't until after that i'm reading and seeing like oh no that's not a pal joey song that's not a pal joey. <laughs> you know like like you said most <laughs> of the songs 
there were actually, I think, more songs that were not Pal Joey songs than actual original <laughs> Pal Joey songs. It's like, well, then why are we still calling this Pal Joey? You know, um, like you said, if we're going to, you know, Frankenstein this thing together, like, let's just make a new show out of it. Um, so, yeah, I, I had I, I didn't know that as I was watching it, um, which I, is probably a good thing because that would have made me feel, you know, even another <laughs> way about the whole thing. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's and, and it's funny because when you talk about the fact that they've been working on this for so long, like I said, my issues, unfortunately, weren't even that side of things. My issues were the fact that, yes, I know that this is a quick turnaround, but you need to fix your mics like. Mm. why is this happening why is your screen flickering I know that things happen I get that you can't avoid tech issues but for me it but became it is... one of those things where it's like what's going to be the next thing and then there was a next thing okay now what's going to be the next thing and then there was a next thing so I wasn't so much watching the show I was crossing my fingers that it wasn't going to be another thing happening and unfortunately there I... was another thing I feel like that's an interesting discussion, though, because we we say that we can't avoid tech issues, but how much are they teching ahead of time so that these issues are not happening when you have people paying top prices to come see this show and then tech issues are happening? It doesn't make sense to me. Well, and, no, right? exactly. it's and like, I guess that's why I go back to the fact that I think I, I was trying to count. I think this is like the eighth or ninth show that I've seen at City Center. And so it's and it's always the same thing where it's a show that plays for a couple of days and they're done. So it's a very what I would imagine is a very similar back schedule as far as the same amount of time they, you know, spend um putting mm-hmm. these shows together and pulling it off for the week or two run. So I don't think that that part of it is any different. So for this experience to be as different as it was was disappointing. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I'm you know, like you said, you're, it's, they aren't cheap tickets. You're spending your time as well. Unfortunately, there were too many things that happened for me to be able to enjoy this. And this is something that I have not seen before in a city center production. So it makes me really curious what the breakdown was, what was happening there, you know. We'll be right back. Welcome back. And just to, to, to kind of piggyback on that, Tariq, have you seen shows at City Center where you have were like, oh, move this to Broadway tomorrow, it's 100% ready? Because that's what I would want to know. Like, have you seen shows like that? I have, and some of them were. <laughs> you know, I saw, okay, I saw right. um, Sunday in the Park with George, the revival. I saw that at City Center. I saw um, Into, uh, Into the Woods was at mm-hmm. City Center. I saw Parade. I didn't see Parade. But parade, we, I was, as we know, parade moved. So there were several things. The Wiz years ago, I wished would have would have moved. I saw that at Sydney Center. So yeah, it's it's happened before, you know. Um, and and those shows felt ready. This mm. doesn't feel ready. Okay, so what do we think the reason the creative team decided to make some of these changes? And did they remove original music from the show to add other music? And like, why did they do that? They they did at times, they kept the standards in, but the whole, the plot was all about, was changed. Well, first of all, the orchestrations were stripped way down. So we don't mm-hmm. have those full orchestrations. So like when, fine, right? Like, okay. But then when you look at things like um, added songs, 
But then we're just hearing jazz standards and we're like, okay. And it became a little bit about like, oh, let's showcase Ephraim Sykes' vocals. Let's showcase Aisha Jackson's vocals, which like, yes, because the, the, the talent on the stage was great. Like if I went through this whole list, right? Ephraim Sykes, Elizabeth Stanley, Aisha Jackson, Loretta Devine, Brooks Ashmaskis, like top names. Like, but, but then I just feel like I'm watching a Richard Rodgers and the Rams Heart concert. Like, mm-hmm. I'm watching them just sing at 54 Below jazz songs because then the plot would become, like, about heavily about race. And we went to, like, this very different turn of, like, oh, wow, now we're changing this plot. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm riding this wave. I'm watching. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes, like, oh, let's add tap dancing, like, ghosts <laughs> who are, like, in his head. No, I'm not kidding. Like, I'm not trying to, like, that's what was really happening, right? Like, there was these, like, um, which is like Stephen Glover's choreo is like awesome, like I and, and but like it it would come in and out. These dancers would come in and out, but it wasn't addressed who they were, why they were there. So it was almost like we were over masking and over doctoring something that was like, ooh, it was like probably didn't need so much, right? And no, absolutely. And it's funny because you know you mentioned Savion Glover, who is you know kind of this legend in what he does. Unfortunately, that wasn't displayed to me the way it should have been. Like, I understood mm-hmm. what they were trying to do with kind of these, you know, this, this, the thoughts or the voices or however that was supposed to be addressed. I got what they were trying to do. To me, when I would see, after the second or third time, when I would see them kind of coming onto the stage, I'm like, oh, here we go again. You know, like, it, I, I just go back. Like, it's not working for me. You know, it, and and I, I wanted it. Like, I, I, I got where they were going. It just didn't get there for me. Um, and, and it became more of a distraction than anything else. Um, and it's funny, you know, you mentioned this cast, and, and it is an incredible cast, but I unfortunately feel like, and I don't know, and we kind of briefly talked about this right after the show, I don't know if there was, you know, in we're talking about some of the issues that they were having, the sound, something was off, where I feel like this great talent, not all of them were able to even show their full talent. Like, mm. Ephraim is great. We've seen him be great in a number of things. I didn't quite get that same greatness from this performance. Elizabeth mm. Stanley. I, you know, Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. I love that song. On my way home, I listened to everybody's version. Hers, unfortunately, <laughs> didn't, like, you know, halfway through the song, I'm like, what am I missing here? I don't know if it's her interpretation, which I think mm-hmm. might have been a little bit of it. But then also, I'm like, is there a sound issue am I not understanding everything that she's saying? Like what exactly is going on? So again, we know that she's talented, but I'm, I'm missing it. I'm, I'm losing some of it in this, you know, in this production, unfortunately, which is, you know, it, it, I, I feel bad to say that and to feel that, you know? Well, what do we think like bringing in these Broadway names into city center is the whole reasoning. Does, does everyone think they're going to maybe transfer to Broadway when they do this show? And okay. Yeah. That's the first question. So if either of you want to, I I mean, I, part of me wonders is okay. So city center encores, if you look back 30 something years, they've been, well, city center is around 80 years. That's what they're celebrating, right? The 80 years. And I just want to, before I talk about this really quick, I just want to mention what one thing Treek was saying is, when you have all these issues and it's your first show, like what I don't understand is this is their gala show. So their actual season is January to June. If this is your gala show and your gala night, where like 
who did we see in the lobby after Tariq? Like Brian Stokes Mitchell's there, like LaShawn's is there, like big Broadway names. And and some people are sitting in the orchestra in like gowns and tuxedos, right? Like that's why is the gala like like not three days later? Like why is there gala night that first night? That's when your donors are coming. That's when your big press is. I don't know. That's that is one question I would love to ask someone who runs city centers. Like, why are you making your first show of your first weekend of shows the gala night? If you know you're going to have tech issues, like, I don't know. That right, and if that's the case, if that's the way your schedule works out, if that's the way you have it, then that first performance, you need another week on the on the front end to rehearse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like but, but, for example, then, then, sorry to bring up, you know, just yeah, yeah. One, one of the issues we 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 we've kind of addressed what some of the issues were. One of them, wardrobe, and the they had the dancers had these kind of beaded tops on at one point. During one of the dance numbers, one of the dancers' beads popped. The the string popped <laughs> up. So you see, it was like a cartoon where you see like beads fall across the stage oh, in no. the middle of this dance number. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, please, uh, please, I don't want anybody to fall. I don't want anybody to get hurt. But I'm also like, have we rehearsed in these outfits before? Like, is this the first time that you've tried to see whether or not this wardrobe can sustain this movement and its choreography? Like, I, I don't know. Like, again, I get that things happen, but it's like, by that point, that was thing number three or four in the show that, right. you know, just kind of. And part of me feels like City Center has become, I think what it was at one time was, let's take that random old show that hasn't been revived in 30 years and let's freshen it and bring it back. And then it like works. And nowadays I find that City Center is the, is the like in town, out of town. Like it's the like, let's do a cheap, quick one weekend so we don't have to go rent a theater in Chicago or LA for a whole month and let's like test the waters and it's and and I guess that's my question is like does every show need to transfer to Broadway is that the intention like was this team like well let's just throw Pal Joey into City Center because if they love it it'll transfer right to Broadway I mean I don't know the answer to that but I feel like anybody behind this production is not doing this for a City Center run and that's it you know I feel like you have to walk into it with it's city center and then what else can we do? So yeah, I mean, I feel like that's always, or oftentimes the intention is for there to be life after city center. Uh, Especially when you have the things like that just recently happened with parade and into the woods. Was that just like right time, right place coming out of COVID? Like, Hey, let's put stripped down versions of these shows up on the stage. Production. Yeah. You know, and that's, and I, I guess that's my other thing. You know, the production is often, these productions are often stripped down. That's fine. Mm-hmm. This production, it was stripped down, but in, at the same time, they were trying to do too much. Like, I felt like the show almost stopped after nearly every song because you see the stagehand walk out to move a bench or Mm-mm. to bring, and it's like, the show is so stripped down. I don't need this distraction. Because you're not really changing the set or the scenery that much for what, you know, it's not worth what you're doing, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So it's like, again, I'm like, we've (laughs) seen productions there for years. Why, why are we, you know, it was more of a distraction than anything else, I guess. Well, I guess that sometimes this does happen. It must happen for them sometimes that a show just doesn't work. Do you feel like there was anything that did work? Let's jump back into things. Loretta well, actually, Devine. I was just, her name is Loretta <laughs> Devine. 
That was literally, I have three things that I want to say I really enjoyed. And she's one of them. She's the most seasoned performer up there. She knows exactly what she's doing. She looks so comfortable. And just to see this original dream girl, I could have just sat watched her sit in the chair and talk the whole time. And I Absolutely. Loved it, you know, um, she was, she was one, she was wonderful. Um, I also will say Aisha Jackson, Aisha Jackson, Aisha Jackson, because that girl is really dust woman is really destined to be, She's just got to find the right role. She was in the Britney Spears show, which as Snow White, which she was like incredible. Incredible. And then it closes early. And Jeff, I know you saw that. I, I was blown up. She was the best part of that show. And it was so like, oh, okay, early. this is the star. Okay. Yeah. And then she does this. I'm like, okay, cool. But this might not transfer to Broadway. or it might or whatever. But there's a role out there for her. And there's a Tony nomination with her name on it. I know it. Because that, that woman can sing, sing, sing. Like, Really impressed of her. And then the, the last thing I'll say that I had on my list that I really enjoyed. Tell was, us. <laughs> I'm getting them out. Okay, is I, the yes, there was a ton of filler Richard Rogers music, but there's a reason why a Broadway theater is named after that man. Because I think that man writes really, really, really good music. And I left there saying, wow, like I just feel when I hear Richard Rogers and Roger Hammerstein and then Rogers and Hart, this is Rogers and Hart. I just am a huge fan of that music, and I thought that man writes amazing music, and it's nice to hear it live and fresh. So those are my three. Loretta, Aisha, and Richard Rogers. Those are my three strongest parts of the show. I mean, yeah. three cookies are just three, but yeah. No, I agree. I, I agree with each of them. I will, like, for me, it's Loretta hands down. Like, mm-hmm. every single moment, every single line, every single movement, she nailed. Like, it was her show, and people responded to that in the way that they should have, and I love that for her. Um, she was fantastic. Like she really was fantastic. There, there was nothing I would change about her. Uh, so she, she was the show for me. She was the thing that I'm going to think about, you know, as I, you know, in a couple of years or after my next, you know, city center show, I'm going to think back to, to Loretta being in this. And I, I agree. Aisha was great. I feel like, you know, it's, it's funny because the other thing I will say is kind of a combination of what your last two things were, Aisha and the, 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 the catalog. Um, I thought her My Funny Valentine was fantastic. She, mm. it, it was fantastic. The other songs that she sang, unfortunately for me, I got to the point where I felt like we didn't need all of the songs that we were hearing. Mm-hmm. So there were one or two numbers of hers that I'm like, could this be the one that we cut? Because, and not just, not because it was her or, you know, but I got to a point halfway through the show where I'm like, Something's got to go. <laughs> we need to right. let one of these, or two of these, <laughs> right. or three of these songs go. Is it going to be this one? Like there was, there was like a little snippet that she did where she was supposed to be at the radio station. There was a snippet that she did that she was on a stage somewhere, and I'm like, uh, at the end of them, I'm wondering what that, what that gave me, what I needed out of that moment out of that song. Um, so yes, I agree that she's great, and I agree that the music is great. But I feel like we need to tweak and edit and figure out which of the catalog songs we actually need in this, you know, in this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess this leads me into an interesting question that I've been pondering here in my mind. And it's I so I've never been to City Center. I don't know much about City Center other than what comes to Broadway from City Center. But what do you really feel like the main mission or main reason for city's city center is like what what do they try to tackle yeah and it's funny because i 
you know, I, I think about some of the shows that I've seen in the last couple of years there, one of them being The Life. Mm-hmm. Again, a show that some people say is not that great of a show overall. It, it just, you know, wasn't that well received when it was first on Broadway. Um, but what I think they tried to do, similar to what they tried to do with this show, is change it in some way or or mm-hmm. add an extra element that wasn't in the original production to kind of modernize it in a, in a way. So for the life there was a trans storyline that did not happen in the original version. So for that reason, I enjoy, if that's what their mission is, I enjoy that mission. The fact that they're trying to modernize and update and, and bring these, you know, sometimes beloved classic, you know, stories and musicals to a, to a different audience. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that's what they're after. I'm all for it. Uh, if that's getting new people in the seats, I'm all for it. If that's, you know, letting someone learn something about you know someone they didn't know before i'm all for it um whether it always works is i guess you know is a question and and i I also think that some like if you look ahead at some of the titles that are coming up in this season right we have once upon a mattress sutton foster so you're taking like a show from the carol burnett days that we haven't seen in so long and you're taking a comic master and musical theater comic like Sutton and pairing that together like that should work right hopefully it does and that like should work like Jelly's Last Gem I don't know that show I know it was a big show for its time bring it in like let's see what they can do with that and then they're going to end it with Titanic which like oh this I listen to that score all the time I I just always have been waiting for I was a baby when that was on Broadway so I wasn't going to see that but now like it's back and I'm like (laughs) and I'm like Give us Titanic. I mean, Titanic's kind of always in the news and the media just because we're obsessed with Titanic in this world still. So, like, there's a musical about it. Bring that back. So, like, when I look at this season coming up, I say, I'm always hopeful because I say, all right. I, I, I actually think one of the coolest jobs must be to look at the thousands of Broadway shows over, like, probably almost 100 years now and say, what should we produce with these big budgets? Because you get to choose three. Like, that artistic director has, like, an awesome job. Probably a hard job. But I don't know. I, I'm hopeful for the upcoming season. I think there's some good stuff there. And maybe they'll figure out some of the tech stuff and maybe the over-rewriting of things. And maybe they'll find this nice... To me, if there's this nice, healthy middle ground between, like, stage it exactly the way it's always staged versus change it, change it, change it a million times over. Like, find this nice, healthy blend. Right. That seems to work best for me. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, it seems like an exciting season. So I feel like I need to make it there this year. Yes, you will. I feel <laughs> yeah. like you will. There's, there's so many good things. I feel like this is, this is your year, Jeffrey. This is my <laughs> year. I'm going to City Center this year. <laughs> it's it's going to be great. It was it was nice to kind of get there and see this. And, and, uh, and, and, and let's not to mention this actual literal physical space is like stunning. It's huge. It's, it's like right in Midtown. It's this huge lobbies. And I, I don't even feel like I'm in New York kind of uh, because it's so, so, I mean, some of the Broadway houses are so old that their lobbies are really cramped and tight and you're, there's no room on the street and you're kind of, this is just like a different experience. And I, I did enjoy being there. So yeah. I've come up with a final question that I want to yes. ask you both that I think could be super interesting, well, but here we go. If there's one major thing that you could have changed in this production that you think could have shifted it in any way to be slightly better, what would that have been? I think I have mine. Well, then take it away. <laughs> okay. I would say 
90 minute two out like the, the biggest problem with these golden age shows is their three hour run times so you edited and doctored this show and it was a two hour and 45 minute runtime. so like trim the fat give us a plot keep the big numbers lady is a tramp bewitched be watered my funny keep those big classics that we all love trim this book up move this plot along get me in and out Mm -hmm. this might be too short two hours max maybe we don't even need an intermission give me what the story of how joey is rework what you want to rework but keep me in a little bit of a of a a constraint at the time that's what i would have changed the biggest the biggest change okay i basically agree with that um like i said i i was trying to cut songs as i was watching the show so (laughs) i think an edit is needed and i just i again for me just the big thing was the 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 production of it all the the tech of it all the you know rehearsal time possibly of it all mm. i feel like that needs to be addressed and obviously those are things that would be addressed if it was a if it was a longer run um but just things that i think you know affected the overall experience that i that i would want addressed before i would even consider going to see it again and those are two things we talk about all the time edit things down and make it tighter. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But, but and, and, and just one last thing on that. I've seen really long shows that are moving. And then I've also seen 90-minute shows that do nothing. Like, don't, mm-hmm. it's not literally about the time. No, exactly. Because right? I've, right. I've sat through 90-minute shows that feel like three hours, and I've sat through three-hour shows that feel like 90 minutes. Right. It's all about your pacing, and that's a director thing, that's a book writer thing, that's a musician, musician thing. And that's the so. thing. Like, I think one of the things, that I like, the word that kept coming to my mind on my way home that night was clunky. Like, it felt clunky, unnecessarily clunky. Like I said, mm-hmm. typically these productions at City Center are stripped down and simple. And I love that. Like, some of my favorite musicals of all times are musicals where there's no constant set changes, there are no costume changes. Like, I'm okay with a simple show. It has to be done the right way, though. And I oh, feel yeah. like this was, you know, there were just things happening that didn't need to happen, and it was actually slowing things down. I, it was like a song, and now we have a break, and now we sit, and now a song. And then we have a break, and then we sit, and then a song. You know, like, I felt like that's what was happening, and I'm like, let's go. Let's cut Mm -hmm. this song, Mm -hmm. and let's cut these transitions. Let's. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I guess it goes back to the edit, essentially, is is the big deal. Mm -hmm. Well, and and there you have it. And there we have it. We might never see Mal Joey taking to the stage, but I mean, mean, yeah, you never know. Bummer, because it's like, like you said, you look at these people that are on the stage and the work that's gone into it. So it is a bummer, you know. Like you, you, you want there to be some life somewhere. Hopefully, Mm -hmm. if nothing else, they have a successful run at City Center. You know. Yeah. There we go. So fabulous. Well, we are just about out of time. So that does wrap up today's episode of Half Hour. And we thank you all so much for listening today. Yes. And we hope you enjoyed our conversation with Tariq Flanagan. Thank you so much (laughs) for being here today, Tariq, to talk about Pal Joey. Yeah, this is great. 
And if, if all our listeners out there, if you have suggestions for future episodes, we'd love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Instagram and TikTok at Half Hour Podcast. Also, uh, you can check us out because we've released a lot of past episodes so far on this whole season. So we're kind of knee deep in the fall here. Take mm-hmm. a listen back at some. You can even listen to our conversation with Tariq on For Colored Girls from a while back as well. Um, but we have lots of episodes and this one will be out soon. And we got more to come. Lots of plays and musicals coming up this season for y'all. Yes. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Jeff. And I'm Richie saying ta-ta for now. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.